Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Okay, just gone five o'clock at the start of another week. Uh, great to have your company. Welcome to Drive with Peter Vlahos. It is AFL Review Night, and uh, we've got one more round of footy remaining. And still, between positions two and eight, we're just wondering how they will finish, and we'll know that basically Sunday night. And then we've got the bye, and then we're into the finals. Let's discuss what's going down, and we're opening the lines early because we want a bit of feedback on the temperate bedshed text line. 0487-736-736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can give us a call now, 13 12 55. Joining me in the SENWA studios, Kim Hagdorn, a very good evening to yeah, you. Good day, Peter, to you and everyone out there after a, gee, a big weekend of Ooh. for footy. I reckon we can say that every week, but uh, even the derby here, I think, created plenty. Um, West Coast to get within 24 points um, was spirited from them. But uh, I think if you really do analyse it closely, and I know this is going to be kicking West Coast again straight away, I thought Fremantle's superior pace and their overall fitness established a a supremacy to take that Derby 55. They really were more superior in those areas. West Coast, I think, were spirited and brave and gutsy to make a game of it, Mm. to make it a bit feisty. I think they were the ones... I got the impression that they were the sort of aggressors, really, and particularly with this, the uh, J- Jackson Nelson tag on to uh, Andrew Brayshaw. I, I, you know, to his credit, he went for him, and I think, and that's typical Derby stuff. Uh, it's typical big game stuff. It's typical, I think, when you've got nothing else to lose, to just mm. let's take it to these big names. And uh, so, and Jackson Nelson, I throw it out there, he may have even, may have even saved his career with that one performance because. The team was looking for players to do something. Adam Simpson said to a couple of injured players during the court, you know, not not seriously injured players, not injured to the extent where they couldn't possibly play, but they were advised to be wise about whether you continue training, whether you continue playing, should we put you in for surgery now or not? And one of these, those has actually gone for his surgery today. We'll come back to that. But I, I felt that West Coast were down and they encouraged a few players to play because their numbers were down. They didn't have enough personnel. They wanted to drop Bailey Williams. Why? I don't know why they didn't leave Jake Waterman out of the team to go and have his surgery last week and play Bailey Williams and make him play a bit forward and help him develop his craft as a forward player as well as a ruckman. I don't know. There are other issues. But even a Jackson Nelson, to take that role, Peter, of tagging Andrew Brayshaw, one of the more outstanding players of the competition this season, definitely an All-Australian. If he's not in a starting 22, mm. uh, 18, he's on the bench. But I thought Fremantle, they just showed again to me, and they could have won by more. Nine goals, 17. Nine, I thought their kicking for goal, their finishing was questionable and poor. But what really stood out, and this is a pretty minuscule sort of stat, in, and it's, it's a little bit of objectivity in my assessment that West Coast are just not a fit team. Fremantle managed some crucial scoring in time on. I know it was only four goals, but it's a it's it's a low scoring game. Darcy, 
eventual best on ground. 26-minute mark of the first quarter. Brayshaw, 28-minute mark of the first quarter. That's deep into time on. Goals. Acres, 27-minute mark of the second term. The seventh goal from Fremantle in the half. So just before half time, another goal. Logan Acres both had bad misses. They were poor finishes at the 29 and 30 minute mark of the third quarter. And Frederick, his second goal, the last goal of the match at the 27 minute mark of the final term. Am I clutching too much at straws? But it just reinforced that's an objectivity at West Coast inability to run games and run quarters out and to not be able to sustain contest and sustain efforts. Nick Natnew, he also shouldn't have played. He wasn't up to it. He was injured. Okay. The big fella looked poor to me. Okay. Now, I want people's opinion before you move on from the derby because there was a big story brewing in Melbourne today regarding the Essendon Bombers. And, of course, we've been on that crusade for weeks and weeks, and we'll come back to that in a moment. But going down the lift at the media centre, a lot of the media scribes then throw around who they voted. The Glendening Allen medalist was Sean Darcy. No doubt an outstanding performance. But there was a lot of talk about the performance of Tom Barras. Now, for mine, he was just unbelievable on Saturday night. I don't think he put a foot wrong all night. He was like the rock of Gibraltar in the last line of defence for the West Coast Eagles. It was an outstanding defensive role, and many thought perhaps he could have even taken off the Glendening Allen medal. Now, I'd like to get our listeners' thoughts on how they best? saw it. Who was your best? So if, you, if you'd done a 3-2-1... To me... To, to help with the voting of the Glendilling Allen medalist, oh, as some media do, uh, representatives... Oh, I found it hard to said, separate. Uh, okay. Oh, but oh, you have to give reckon, one person three I reckon three I would votes. have gone with Barris, actually. There you go. Why? Only because... Well, I know you said he had an outstanding he game. He had but... an outstanding game. He did not make a mistake. His ability to to read the play was outstanding, Hags. Mm. Every time the ball came into the attacking 50, he was in every const- contest. I've never seen a player do for a long time what he did. His reading of the football was, was something to behold, I thought. No, no. He, he's in exceptional form. He's in this exceptional company as such an elite key well, fullback. Let, let's not even dis, uh, uh, um, uh, sort of sort of go away from a key defender as opposed to just a fullback. Mm. He has to be the fullback of the year. He has to be an all-Australian fullback. But I, as I said to you on Thursday, can you believe that last Tuesday, when the all-Australian panel had their had their last actual meeting of the year, they haven't finalised the team. It's very close. Yeah. And I think they're finding it the most difficult just about ever of any of these boys that are on it so long, and some of them have been on it for 20 years. They're finding that this year's All-Australian team the most difficult. But do you know he wasn't a lock, Tom Barras, for the fullback position? Jacob Wiedering was ahead of Tom Barras. I've got Tom Barras. I think he has to win West Coast fairest and best. I've got him as West Coast best player from round 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. He was definitely Fremantle, uh, West Coast best player against Fremantle on Saturday. I even went for Barras as West Coast best player mm. when Kennedy kicked his eight last week. Yeah. So I, I can he, see he, your argument. But He destroyed also a player that was given the 10 coaches' votes the previous week for his four-goal performance against the Western uh, Bulldogs, Rory Lobb. Now, Lobb not wasn't only, fit. Lobb wasn't not, fit, and the conditions helped a yeah. key defense, a full-back on a full forward who wasn't leading up the ground, it, that that helps Tom Barras's game, Peter. Okay. Lob wasn't fit. It was their final game to make a statement, West Coast, uh, in a derby. This week they travelled to Geelong. Yeah, good luck. So they will finish with two wins 
and 20 losses this yeah. season. And, 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 and still a chance to maybe pick up the wooden spoon because North Melbourne take on Gold Coast at Marvel Stadium and the way they're showing a bit of spirit North mm, Melbourne mm. and the way the Suns have fallen away, you'd think the Kangaroos will probably pick up their third win. Oh, I, I, and I think we discussed that last week as well. Yeah. We, said, we said we thought North Melbourne would be uh, competitive, very competitive against Adelaide this weekend, just gone. I think they were. They fell away a little bit late in the game. Their 10-14 didn't help. Mm. I know I know Adelaide kicked 15-13, but 10-14. Imagine if that's 14-10 or 15-9 or something. They're, they're losing by a matter of points. So there's plenty of spirit, I reckon. I, I think also the return of Ben Cunnington had something to do with that spirit also. Uh, and North Melbourne, you get the impression that some of the blokes that have had just horror years because they, they, they detested David Noble. No matter what Noble says or what some of the coverage has come from the club about good player relations, they detested David Noble. So you just wonder now with the, the hype around about Alistair Clarkson, possibly, oh, the jobs Clark goes if he takes it. Alistair Clarkson ringing players and player agents, as we mentioned last Thursday, Peter, saying to people, don't commit until I've made my decision. I'll, you'll either be pl- coaching or playing with me or you, I might take you where I might go. Now, the Cameron Zerhar one is a classic. He's looked invigorated because he's either staying at North Melbourne under Alistair Clarkson or probably going to Essendon under Alistair Clarkson. So I think that presence has perhaps lifted a bit of a weight off the shoulders of the North Melbourne boys. And absolutely, I think they can beat Gold Coast on the weekend. Won't be an easy round of fixtures this week, you know, when you look at so like you look at even uh, uh, the showdown in Adelaide. Mm. Uh, Port, very impressive yesterday, but it was only Essendon. Essendon and Richmond, do they give a yelp now that they see their coach on, the, on his way out the door? Uh, and some of the other games, Hawthorne Bulldogs. Hawthorne weren't great, but the Bulldogs just have to win and have healthy percentage out of that. It's, it's down in Launceston as yeah, well. Yeah, so there's lots lots about this week. It'll be a tough week for, for uh, I think, for tipsters. Uh, and even the GWS, they'll take it to Fremantle. And Fremantle will probably have to rest Rory Lobb. They're not going to bring back Matthew Tabiner. Yeah, I'm not sure. And you know the other big story. I think this is just about the biggest story in Western Australia this week is going to be the lead-up to teams on Thursday relating to Nathan Fife. Does Fife play the last home and away game against Western Sydney? I, I seriously believe that the, it'll be a massive story. It's a whopping development story this week on what Fremantle will do with Nathan Fife. Does he play and play an amount of game, then have the week off and load and then play the first final, or do they hold him back and play the first final only? Tabiner can't come back in. He plays the first final at best. Mm. Lob has to miss this week. He was he was looked like a bloke who'd been shot in the shoulder again late in that game. And I think from even first quarter, you were seeing signs where gee, I'm not so sure that the, uh, the why did they killer, keep him out there for? I, well, I, I think direction. I think dire- Plus, they'd gone. They didn't have an alternative to Dar- Darcy. Who else could have rucked? Logue could have, I suppose. Mm. So I tell you, who was really poor. And I thought where Sean Darcy absolutely. Locked away his best on ground was every time he was opposed to Hugh Dixon. Yeah, that that was a nonsense. Yeah, and and that's where I often thought I looked and thought, well, okay, oh, he's just dominating here. Not only the the taps, but he was moving around the ground and getting a possession. Well, he was getting, getting clean catch. possession. A couple of times he snapped it onto his but left. Mostly and... that was when he was on Hugh Dixon. But Nick now knew he was shot. He, he wasn't healthy. And, and I don't think he offered enough resistance to Sean Darcy either. Okay, get on the temper of bedshed text line. We've got a couple coming through already. 0487 736 Lisa's joined us, as she normally does on a Monday, to give us her thoughts on uh, the round that's just gone. Hey, Lisa, how are you going? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hello, Lisa. Thanks. 
I agree with um, most of what you guys are saying. Um, and just um, a bit of mail. Um, I'm hearing that um, Fife will be playing against GWS, mm-hmm. and he will he will go and play in the Waffle the week after. Oh wow! Okay, man. I'm not so mm. sure. I... That's interesting. I heard that. I heard that this morning. Okay. Okay. So I don't know how, how true it is, but anyway, um, yeah, I, um, great, great derby. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the Eagles needed to bring that intensity and physicality, um, you know, right from the right from the first bounce. Um, and as you said, Peter, about um, Barras and that, I think he was best on ground. Um, Shannon Hearn, Duggan, um, Edwards, and, and El- Nelson. You know, I thought he did a fantastic job on on um, Brayshaw again, mm, mm. and um, you know, and and with that melee that went on, I, I don't think those boys should be fined. You know, there's, there's nothing. You know, there, there wasn't any punching or or biffing. They were just you know, good old arm wrestle, and and I don't think any of these fines. I think they should go away. Come on, Lisey. And Come on, Lisey. Step into the real world of the AFL 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you can, I, you can give away a 50, you can give away a 50 metre penalty for looking at an umpire with raised eyebrows, yeah. as if to say, "Can you?" Yeah, I know, I know. And the, bring, bring back, bring back the old days. I reckon. <laughs> what about so, the 100 metre penalty? I tell you what, uh, umpire uh, Nichols was having a great time on the <laughs> weekend for a period. He gave away a 100 metre penalty, then he gave that, a 50 metre penalty. Oh, that was crazy. And, and just and, and on Rory Lobb too, he should have been taken off in the third quarter. Like he, he was, he was getting out there like a like a busted wing. Um, yeah, you know, I agree. Bird. I, I was, I was f- and and look, at, and you could even see that he was even backing out of contests. Like he, he was, that, he, he was that, he was, he was just really, really sore. Especially and, with um, just before you go, especially with what or who Fremantle had as their medical sub. As their sub, I reckon Banfield could have played. Even more effectively than Rory Lobb, mm. for, as uh, coming from the goal square as a full forward lead up, yeah. Logue. Lo- I thought Logue was okay again. Yeah. You know, mm. he, he's proving to be he's Fremantle's most versatile player. Uh, could play as a as a, a tall defender, small defender, or he could play on a tall opponent, smaller opponent. He could play as a forward. He's pinch hitting in the ruck. He, he's been exceptional. So you could easily have gotten away with get Lobb off the ground. He's not right. Bring him off. The the the, the painkiller hasn't worked in the shoulder. He's, he's carrying it. Get him off. I, I even thought that through the first quarter, to be mm. honest, with Banfield on the bench. All right, Lisa, anything else before we let you go? And again, uh, yeah, thanks just, for calling. Just quickly, just quickly too, um, I reckon the Eagles straight away, they, they need an experienced Ruckman and they should be targeting Lloyd Meek and I reckon they should go after Banfield and try and get Sam Pepper home. Good on you, Lee. Thanks for that. Well, three good names. How Pepper suits what I think West Coast need. They I can't. Need I can't believe. I can't believe he ended up at Port Adelaide. He's right under the Eagles' uh, watch yeah, at well, East Perth when they were the uh, aligned club. So and they the let old, him go. The old, the old expression about uh, like he was in your backyard. He was in their front yard, opening exactly. their front gate. Exactly. Um, but he's contracted for one more year, and I suspect that perhaps that would be a drawback. Also. Yeah, he's he's playing such good footy with them, but he's the type of player. Or even find out. I wonder what West Coast are doing. This is going to be the most important next couple of months, of of certainly for many decades, mm. for a couple of decades at least. Two thousand, two thousand and one, when they were rebuilding, it was at the back of a long run under Mick Malthouse. You know, had McKenna and Kemp have to retire, Matera have to retire. So lots went on, but this is critical now to get the draft right and get a player 
at probably pick number one in that preseason draft, find out if Pal Pepper's interested. Mm. All right, Haggers, think about this as we go to the break. G'day, Pete and Haggers. I was giving a bit of thought to who the Eagles should be targeting in the draft as an uncontracted player. Any thoughts, question mark? That's Robbo up there in Brisbane listening on the SENWA app. We'll answer that after the break. Come and join us here on the AFL Review here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, whether you're listening on 657 SEN, uh, also SEN Spirit, 621 in Bunbury in the southwest, SEN Peel on DAB+, Plus, SEN Cal 1611, or on the SENWA app as Robbo is. It's a quarter past five. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, come and join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line. We've got a few coming through. Paul and Norm into uh, your text in just a moment. Come and join us, 0487 736 736. Or as Lisa did, she dumped it on the Scarborough Toyota open line. Had a chat with Hags, 1312 Hags. So just regarding Norm's uh, query there, uh, in fact, apologies. Robbo's query regarding who the Eagles should be targeting as an uncontracted player. I, I still think they have to go back into the race for Luke Jackson. Back into the race yep. for Luke Jackson. Because they... Have they got the money? And Which is interesting they, because they'll, it's they'll, been can, highlighted you can, you today. Can, you, can, you can make the money available. You yeah. can make the money available. The, the highlights about money being spent at AFL clubs... And just, I think West Coast should go... They should they should make sure they're chasing Cam Zerha. He's out of contract. Luke Jackson yeah. is out of contract. They have to try and get a good player who's out of contract so that you don't have to trade for him. You just get him in that preseason draft, mm-hmm. especially if they're getting it. But West Coast will also have the draft picks that Melbourne will want. West Coast have a heck of a lot more to offer than what Fremantle have got. West Coast have got pick number right now, so they're sitting second last. If they finish last, drop these by one. So they, they're pick two, pick 20, pick 25, pick 28. That's right now. It could be 1, 19, 25, 37 mm-hmm. if they finish last. So they've got some last. real currency there. So they've got the currency, but they've also got – you know, and, and a first-round draft pick next year, for instance. But it depends also. We need to – West Coast, I'm praying, give us some indication soon or someone asks some decent questions at media conference or of Trevor Nisbet or of Rowan O'Brien or of I – mean, Gavin Bell, for heaven's sake, is the football manager. He should know who's available and who we're going to try and target, who we've been talking to, which management have we been talking to to get a good gun player through that preseason draft. The draft is is quite appealing. I think there's a lot of good kids in the draft. And if West Coast don't draft well, people like, I mean, a Harry Lemmy, who's 18, he's playing senior footy in the Sandville. He's a 203-centimetre key forward who's likened to Nick Rewalt. He plays like mm. Nick Rewalt. Get him at number one or two, for instance, and get him playing. Whoever they pick at number one and number 18 or 19 get and playing. 25, they play next year. Get rid of Redden. Get rid of Gaff, these sorts of people. Get kids in. Get the, uh, the There's a kid, uh, Matthias Philippou, another key forward, 192, strong mark, good ground ball winner. I mean, 192 centimetres, that's the same size as Jack Darling, who gives you nothing week <laughs> after week. Go and get some of these kids. There's a kid by the name of Will Elliott, who's a brilliant 196 <laughs> mobile midfielder. 196 centimetres, mobile midfielder. What could you make out of him? The one thing, the one who I think has been George Wardlaw, who's been all the talk as if once um, young Will Ashcroft went as a guaranteed first round pick under father, son, father, son to Brisbane. Well, George Wardlaw was the man who was talked about as, well, he's going to be number one. He'll he'll be the next pick. 
West Coast have got to get someone like him. Uh, 182 centimetres, midfielder, quick, he's powerful, he's tough, he's a Sam Pelpepper type. Get them into your starting 18, West Coast, from first thing next year, plus a good pick in the preseason draft. Go back after Luke Jackson. And as for the money, Peter, you, you touched on it there. I'm, I, I reckon you're probably referring to the coverage you know, about how much West Coast Eagles mm. players are being paid. I mean, I, th- I think that's a bit of an unfair a, a, a assault on West Coast. They're probably not earning their money, some of those boys, because they've had a two-win season. But most of these boys signed those long contracts back when they were premiership players in the prime of their careers at 218, 219, 220. Carlton, Patrick Cripps on a million bucks. Adam Chera, 700000 Mitch McGovern, $800,000 a year. Ben McKay, Seven hundred grand. Zach Williams, a halfback flanker, seven hundred grand. Charlie Kerno, seven hundred grand. Let's go to Melbourne. Max Gorn, nine hundred. Clayton Oliver, nine hundred. Christian Petrarca, nine hundred. Stephen May, nine hundred. Jack Lever, Jake Lever, eight hundred. Can we go through every club and say realize that accusation at West Coast has merit because they're not earning their money in the season they've had? Because there'd be people that aren't buying corporate boxes because of the sort of season that those blokes are having and they're not earning their money. However, the average wage in the AFL is 370 grand. That's because a lot of kids are on 80, 100, 120, 180 and wouldn't have anything else if they didn't have that much. So that story is a nonsense okay. because most clubs would have Darcy Moore, 900, Brody Grundy, a million, Scott Pendlebury, 900. Let's, can we go through every club? No, that's the other thing is that 20% of uh, the income goes to 80%. I'm sorry, 80% of the income goes to 20% of the players. At and every the, club. And the others get the rest at every club. Okay, let's quickly uh, get through these very quickly, Hank, because we need to come to Essendon because okay. that was yeah, a story sure. today. Uh, Norman Cowell listening on SEN 1611. Uh, Haggers... Could five play two games for Peel then in the first final because Lisa threw up that she heard mm, around her mm. traps. She's got some good connections, Lisa, suggesting that five will play at Monica this week and then maybe in the bye week of the AFL could play for Peel. Uh, now all of a sudden, Norm's saying, put him in Peel for well, the next couple well, of weeks. We could. I see that as a bit. It's risky. It's risky. I'd like to have. I'd like to have five if he's going to play. I'd prefer to have five not play until the finals. Maybe a peel game in the week of the bye. But didn't he but struggle even, in the first no, game no, back? Yes, he, was, he, did. he wasn't match hard and he needs to have a bit of a run. Well, that's that's why more so I think we should be discussing what role he's going to play. Whose spot does, does Nathan Five take? If he plays, I'd rather him have a harder workout against GWS, unless they're a bit concerned about they might not win there. Mm. And they have to. They can't take a risk on Nathan Fife. Let's t- let's play the team that's been winning. Let's play the team that we feel more comfortable can win. Nathan's a bit of an injury risk. Then Norm would have, uh, I reckon, good merit in saying back to Peel for two weeks. But I'd I'd still keep Nathan Fife training, a big heavy workload this weekend while training because the likes of Darcy Tucker. He had a quiet derby, seven possessions, seven disposals. Nathan O'Driscoll, no, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was okay. Quiet, but... fifteen disposals, yeah. only the five kicks, Peter. Yeah. Only five kicks. I'd like to see a winger playing more. Five could easily play the high half forward role of a Darcy Tucker, for instance, mm. and and then he's not going to be buffeted as much, perhaps, against GWS. I, GWS rest final yeah. for mine. I know. I reckon GWS have checked out anyway. So as. Uh, McVeigh said a few weeks ago. Now, this is Paul. The final margin of the Derby was two goals. 
So oh, 12 points. 20, it could very e- it was 24, 24 points. points. It yeah. could very easily have been seven goals. Oh, I see, yeah. Uh, two, goal, two goals, 12, I think. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like a 49-point win in some ways because it was pretty tight. So a bit of cryptic there from Paul. Um, North Melbourne are angling for a priority selection in the draft. If they win this weekend and finish second bottom, does that impact their ability to be given a priority draft selection? I would um, say yes. It depends. I, I, it depends. I think so. The, the, <laughs> I think so anyway. Mm. The AFL will certainly push it that way if somewhere in the next week or two Alistair Clarkson's decided to go to North Melbourne because the AFL will do whatever they can to help North Melbourne rise under the great Alistair Clarkson because they're, they're right behind North Melbourne and Western Sydney. The, the AFL aren't going to be behind Essendon's push for Alistair Clarkson, though. But you can rest assured that what's behind the push for Alistair Clarkson is the is the move to get rid of Paul Brasher, the president, mm. today, Peter. Because... Okay, let's, let's talk about that as we go to the break because Ben Rutten yesterday, the incumbent coach at the Essendon Footy Club, uh, said he was embarrassed. In the end, just to recap, it was at Marvel Stadium, Port Adelaide 23 goals, 8, 146, defeated Essendon 9, 8, 62. It was 12 goals to three at half time, 14 to six at three quarter time. Bitterly disappointed. You know, it was uh, the sort of game that you know, our supporters, our members that came to the game tonight, watching on TV, it's not the not the sort of thing they, they should have to watch. You know, it was an embarrassing effort and output from our guys and yeah as I said it's not something that we certainly want to stand for not something our members and supporters should have to watch at any stage well, they, they, probably, f- won't, they aside... probably won't have to watch it much more okay. because Ben Rutten won't be the coach there's only 20,000 at the game yesterday so a lot of people actually decided not to go a lot of Bombers fans so there was some pretty damning feedback towards Essendon authorities had after he, had he lost his job this morning there was speculation uh, he, like he, he had been gone. done and dusted. Yeah. A leading Melbourne radio announcer who isn't – he's a current affairs announcer and he's a, a Bombers fan who's got connections in the Bombers club said that Ben Rutten had been sacked this morning, but it didn't transpire officially. It, it, look, I mean, we're a long way from it, yeah. being here in Perth. Um, and uh, I think a, a Neil Mitchell, as you've mentioned, yeah. from 3RW, would be would have in, would no have question. in so He would have access to board members and, mm. and some of the most – influential coterie people in the club. There's been many weeks where there's been complaints and problems around Essendon from their coteries, talk of not not investing into the future, memberships concerns. So mainly the coteries, mainly the sponsorships they're concerned about. So it's been growing. But where I reckon there was some really damning feedback that the, the, the Essendon authorities got was when they'd been beaten by GWS just two weeks ago. And now remember who's sitting in the box coaching Western Sydney, Mark McVeigh, James Hurd, Dean Solomon. Mm. So they pulled some tricks. They, they, they locked tags onto Nick Hind and Mason Redman, who'd been in damaging form through the few wins that Colin, uh, Essendon had had. So they locked in onto them. Let's not let them get their run from half back. They put a tag onto Zach Merritt, and Merritt was kept to 18 possessions. He's second lowest of the season. He averages 30 possessions a game. And the feedback went... An Essendon authority said to the person from the box, giving them that information, we pulled some tricks. How did we respond? You didn't. Mm. So I think that was that was when some people started to think, we've got to make a change here. And that's when Paul Brasher was approached, as I understand it, to be told, listen, you, you've, you're fully supportive of Ben Rappen, but he has to go. Okay. So 
All and of a they're sudden, very influential people that are saying okay, so that. We, we almost could safely say now that that job will be vacant come the end of the season. Ben oh, yeah, Rutten won't yeah. be coaching Maybe Essendon. Maybe even end of the week, Peter. Okay, so he looks like he won't be coaching Essendon. So all of a sudden, again, Pandora's box opens up. You've mentioned here weeks ago that Essendon is probably in some ways a preferred fit for Alistair Clarkson other than North Melbourne. Does all of a sudden North Melbourne increase the ante and up the ante to try and secure him as quick as possible? My understanding is that Alistair Clarkson in early July, we, we, we talked about this on July 21, Peter, mm-hmm. Alistair Clarkson had told Essendon that Essendon is his preferred club of destination. It is the AFL that is talking with Alistair Clarkson about helping North Melbourne revive or go to Western Sydney. He doesn't want to go to Western Sydney. He wants a club that's ready to win flags very soon. He's not necessarily involved and inclined to take a North Melbourne that are a many-year rebuild. Essendon... They're cherry ripe. There's some good players at Essendon. There's potential there. The defence is a bit thin, but they, they could certainly strengthen that up. And I think Clarkson, I get the impression if he went to Essendon, he would take some players with him as well. Like Cameron Zerha, already a long way down, to committing to Essendon. Uh, Taranto from Western Sydney, Tim Taranto, well down the track talking with Essendon, waiting to see the outcome. My understanding is Clarkson has told Essendon, you're my preferred club of destination, but he's he's waiting for it. He also has also asked for a lot of money. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> and he wants to take people with him. All and right. he also wants a good administration. We need to take a break. As we go to the break, of course, Brian Cook we know very well. A great CEO at the West Coast Eagles, did enormous work at Geelong and now is in that position at the Carlton Blues. As we go to the break, this is Cookie talking how big, and we're going to discuss it after the break, the match on Sunday is between the Blues and the Magpies. It's the old rivalry. It's back again after so many years of being really a dud because of the Blues' inability to compete. Uh, we'll come back with more here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdon. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Here's Brian Cook, and we're back with more in a moment. Well, it's, it's huge because um, uh, we, we haven't played a finals game since 2013. Um, and so we're seeing this this week as an elimination final, really, for us anyway. Um, and you can tell by the buzz amongst our fans, our members, uh, just how big it is. Uh, you can tell by the roar of the crowd on the weekend, the, the passion in the stands, uh, just how much it means to people. And since the game, um, you know, uh, you know I, I, I just pass people in the street and they, you know, they're, they're, they're still very forthcoming about how they feel about the football club. So it's, it's, it's a huge week. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, it's great to have you coming here. Come and join us any time. Uh, g'day, boys. Clarko, a definite to go to North Melbourne, do you think? I certainly hope so. We need him in there. Hey, oh, Paul from Margaret River. I, I reckon everyone, uh, I mean, I think so. Paul's indicator there, he's actually a, a North Melbourne fan. Yeah. If, if you actually do support literally North Melbourne, whether you're a member, a supporter or, or, or a sponsor, of course you want Alistair Clarkson there on a four or five year deal, four or five year plan to rebuild your organisation. But it's I don't think it's going to happen as smoothly. Uh, mm. Essendon have been into Alistair Clarkson for some time, but Essendon have known within their own four walls, their own boardroom, they've had opposition to any such move. Clarkson's asking huge money to go to wherever, but particularly Essendon. 
so, of course, if you were North Melbourne, of course, if you was were one of the few people that followed GWS around the country, mm. you'd want him there. The AFL want Alistair Clarkson at Western Sydney. That's not going to happen. Okay. I think it's North Melbourne or it's Essendon, and the Essendon uh, prospect will grow in coming days. When I was growing up, following Australian rules football, playing at the local uh, footy club at Inglewood Junior Footy Club, the big match that I always used to look forward to in the VFL was Carlton and Collingwood. Mm-hmm. That was the blockbuster. And all of a sudden, uh, many, many years on, it's returned on Sunday afternoon when the Blues playing for their proverbial life and the Collingwood Magpies looking to secure a top four spot. This has got enormous with a capital E surrounding it. It's like the good old days, if we can term it that way. Haggers... Uh, if you're so, a blue supporter, they showed a bit on the weekend. Yeah. And before we discuss it... Particularly after halftime. Yeah, and Max yeah. Gorn has come out and saying, we trained for close scenarios mm-hmm. this week. How long left was it when he kicked it? 15 seconds. That's pretty clutch, eh? Because he's a good player. He's been playing some good footy this year. That was his moment. We were on the wrong end of our moments last week, and we studied it a lot. Like The last 10 minutes of the Collingwood game, we watched a lot. And you saw some good stuff in that last 10 minutes. We were able to hold our nerve. Yeah, they got some goals, but she was good footy. Well, with all of that study that you did do during the week, what was Goody saying then when it's three points at three-quarter time? Yeah, I was trying to watch him throughout that last quarter. Um, he kept on putting up as many fingers as he could for five, for four, for three, for two. In the end, we only needed ten seconds at the very end. But, um, yeah, just cool, calm, composed. Played the Melbourne way. We've been playing forward half footy for about four weeks now. Unfortunately, lost to Collingwood, but um, the, brand, the brand's there. The brand's there for Melbourne. Saying that, you know, Carlton only just failed uh, with the Cozzy Pickett kicking well, that and, goal. And the Cozzy Pickett goal could have gone anywhere. Correct. It? I mean, so Correct. it's gone through, um, and I reckon... Uh, a lot of criticism, a... uh, the Carlton player who knocked it out into the open spaces yeah. rather than trying to jump on it and just lock it in. Well, you, would, would, would in defence of that, would you be guarding against being pinged for the holding yeah. the ball free kick after the final siren? It's just, uh, it's all it's those milliseconds, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's it's a fraction of a fraction of a second little, to make that sort of decision. Clearly, there was. It's easy from outside to analyse, and then post game, it is uh, even even with the Kasaya Pickett um, goal, uh, it just it could have gone anywhere. Threw it on his boot. Mm. He had a clever, clever, quick look, uh, and that's the difference with uh, between those sorts of boys as well. I mean, Pickett, all those small forwards, they do seem to have something really uncanny mm. about goal sense. Oh, they no can take just a glimpse, a frack, just like a blink to see what's available and uh, he's way short of being the best small forward in the competition but he's very experienced now and he's what, what they went through last year to go through now to then as if as Max Gorner said there we rehearsed it all week looked at the vision where we did get it we got a lot of things right against Collingwood mm. and yet we still didn't win but now you, as you what it does set up is this Collingwood Carlton game on Sunday afternoon which is a it's it's effectively a grand finale to the season. Sydney, St Kilda at Marvel after that, but I think we'll stay glued to Carlton Collingwood. Not even dial flick the mm, Sydney game. Sydney, mm. Sydney are very impressive. Come back to them, Peter. But the Carlton Collingwood one, and Brian Cook said it there. It is an elimination final for Carlton, but I, I see it also similarly qualifying final for Collingwood. Collingwood have to win it to finish top four, because. Someone's going to lose out of Brisbane and Melbourne, and it leaves that fourth spot available to Collingwood if they can beat Carlton. But Carlton beat Collingwood. Collingwood finished fifth probably, and and Carlton sneak. Well, then they're guaranteed they play because it doesn't matter what the Bulldogs do, the Bulldogs would still be a game behind them. So Carlton just have to win. But Collingwood have to win as well, Peter. They're sitting fifth, and they have to win to get into the top four to get the double chance. So. 
it, it, it's a classic. Uh, and as much as we've had so much rivalry between those two great clubs, Collingwood and Carlton, seldom would you have something like this. Yeah, and Collingwood finished between uh, third and sixth. Their percentage isn't strong, so they won't finish second. No, they won't finish percentage. on percentage. No, no, yeah. no. But the other thing about the, the lead-up to this, and we mentioned there about, you know, in Western Australia this year, this this week, to close out the home and away season for the year, is the big story on Nathan Fife. You know, what happens? Does he play? Does he play at Peel? Do they rest him? That, that'll just grow as a story as this week unfolds until we see the teams on Thursday afternoon. But also what will grow as stories or be big stories around Collingwood and Carlton game is the Jordan Degoe injury. Does he play this week? Uh, Jack Ginevan, hamstring, he's probably gone for two or three or four weeks. And also the Taylor Adams. Does Taylor Adams make, because it's such a critical game, does he make a big determined effort to be available to to lead that midfield uh, for Collingwood against Carlton? So there's lots of injury watch relating to that elimination final that, as Brian Cook has declared it. Let's look at a couple of the other teams, Haggers. What do you make to the performance of Tom Lynch for Richmond. All of a sudden, he stood up, bagged eight goals. The Tigers thrashed Hawthorne by 61 points. And I think all the other clubs in the top eight are now on notice. Richmond are now starting. Okay, it was only Hawthorne, but still, their key forwards kicked eight. They've won by 10 goals, and they've got momentum going into round 23. And some of their players that have coming back and, and been building since injury. I mean, I, I really think Dion Prestier is so critical to Richmond. He was second best on ground yesterday for mine. And even at, uh, say, during the third quarter, I thought, well, Prestier's probably best on ground. Lynch has kicked his six, you know, but Prestier best. Then Lynch finished with eight, so six in the first half. The other thing, too, about I think what Richmond – Richmond is now – if if – if Tom Lynch can hold that sort of form, you're not going to kick eight in finals, I wouldn't think, Peter. But mm. what this is going to be so much about, the final series, and you and I have talked about this for months, is these power forwards that Geelong have got. And if you're going to beat Geelong, you've got to need some kind of response to it. Now, Jeremy Cameron is is reported today as injured, hamstring injury. Same injury he's had before when he missed three or four weeks. So that then going into finals just leaves Geelong a bit vulnerable. But you touch there, not only Tom Lynch, keep an eye on Noah Cumberland. Isn't he an impressive lad? And he's got a beautiful kick, a beautiful, reliable kick. Shea Bolton is emerging as an important goal kicker. And I, I still I still don't discount Jack Rewald. He's not necessarily the, the main go-to forward. That's Lynch. But Richmond, for mine, are having and have now sort of tightened up the way they finish to score goals, they are going to be able to rival the likes of Melbourne and Brisbane with their power forwards and their finishing. Because I reckon Melbourne especially are a bit flaky Mm. with their key forwards. And I reckon Brisbane as well. Now, Brisbane, Melbourne, I'll lean Brisbane's way to win that one. Up at the Gabba. Up at the Gabba where they've won 35 of their last 37 Mm. home and aways. They don't win finals. But you look at Joe Danaher, 34 goals from 16 games. His last five, 0, 3, 3, 0, 2. Eric Hipwood, he's kicked 16 goals in 13 games. They're shaky. I think they're soft. They'll really struggle against the Melbourne defence, the likes of Stephen May and uh, Jake Lever especially. But at the other end for Melbourne, Ben Brown, he's kicked 11 goals in his last 10 games. Bailey Fritch. He's consistent. He's kicked at least a goal in every game. They've had to move Jake Melksham forward as another forward option. Charlie Spargo's getting well held. I, I, I think 
Melbourne are a bit flaky because they don't have the Tom so Lynch or the Tom Hawkins, Jeremy so Cameron. So Melbourne could drop to fifth after this weekend? They if there's, could, yeah. if there's wins just... to Sydney, there's wins to Brisbane, yep. and say there's wins to Collingwood, they'll finish with 16 wins. Melbourne will stay on 15. So Melbourne will drop to fifth. Frio win... Uh, Mel- no, Fremantle go to fifth and Melbourne will go to sixth. Yeah, so Fremantle would finish fifth and as then long they, as they win this week. And, they, and they, they, Melbourne could pl- have lost they could likely play the Bulldogs then. Yeah, or, mm. or Carlton. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to get Carlton if they, if they happen to here. finish here, if the Bulldogs got beaten? Or even if – see, there's, it's a bit of percentage there, 0.9 between Carlton and the Bulldogs. So if it's tight, both of those games, Carlton might still hold – Eighth spot on a little bit of percentage. Ah, Would great. they deserve that? It's a great finish to the season. We'll discuss it more after the break here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Agdorn. AFL review night on this Monday night. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, certainly one side that can cool their heels a bit, but their professional outlook won't allow them. They'll all go out to beat West Coast convincingly this weekend in round 23's Geelong. Also, Patrick Dangerfield will celebrate his 300th AFL game, which is a testimony to his longevity, of course, after playing with Adelaide, then coming across to Geelong. A big match for Geelong. And as you said during the break, it'd be intriguing to see how Chris Scott handles, handles his players. Because, yeah. you know, that that's something that's really impressive. You know, I've, I've sort of looked at Melbourne and Brisbane. I think they're... Too, they're their big forwards are struggling somewhat. I think Danaher and Hip, well, Danaher especially are a bit sooky, and yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a problem leading into finals against the likes of, you know, like a Stephen May on on Joe Danaher. He mm. could monster him on Friday night. But by the same token, Brisbane at Brisbane are a different a different uh, organisation, and when they're on the road, but Geelong continue managing the the refinement into their finals campaign. They're so secure as minor premiers, we know, but they're so secure in how they operate. Their flexibility in in using their important playmakers and the stars creates just a really significant versatility to them as a team. They can play different paces, Geelong. They can play quick and fast like like the good teams, the power teams, Richmond and Sydney and, uh, and Collingwood when they play at their best. Even Carlton, for instance, when they play at their best and rush it in quickly to the likes of McKay and, and uh, Curnow. But they've just got such flexibility that the likes of uh, Mark Blixavs and Jack Henry and Jeremy Cameron, who's injured now, just to repeat, he's got a hamstring injury, so he won't play West Coast this week. But Duncan, and they've got so many so many players that can play different roles, Peter, or different paces of the game. They can sit back as defenders or they can they can press forward as forwards. Plus the two big forwards come finals, the likes of Cameron and Hawkins, kicked 110 or 12 goals between them. And Tyson Stengel is a 40-goal player, small forward. They've got, they've got about 150, 160 goals between them all as their main forwards. But they've got other scoring options as well. And they, they, they really are an impressive outfit. Mm. You know, but under Chris Scott, they've, they've now played nine. They've, this is their ninth top four finish in the 12 years under Chris Scott. That's huge. Yeah, it, it's... it's 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 an enormous performance, but I think their their mm. flexibility and their versatility, and that you wouldn't think they're going to monster West Coast at the weekend, but the, how they manage and experiment and prepare players, 
uh, against West Coast will be one of the intriguing factors. Uh, just quickly, there's a report coming out of Melbourne that Essendon has met with uh, Alistair Clarkson despite uh, the current mentor, Ben Rutten, remaining at the helm. There's a report coming out of Melbourne. So there'll be more on that tomorrow, I gather, that uh, Clarkson has met with the Bombers. And as Haggis has pointed out, that was his preferred uh, resting place going forward as far as coach is concerned. So we'll follow that and we'll have more on it tomorrow. Jake Waterman. Yeah, had his surgery today. So he's another one of the many players that uh, played with some duress in the derby. Um, but Jake Waterman, he's won for sure. Nick Natanui, soft tissue, knee trouble. You still have to expect him not to go to Geelong. And Andrew Gaff and Liam Duggan playing under duress as well. wonder if they'll all come up. They can't keep coming up and playing injured, but they have been doing it for recent weeks. Why send them all to Geelong? Got one more game to get through. Yeah, well, but they're injured, these boys. They need surgery. Jake Waterman's had his this morning, a knee surgery. OK, good on you, Hags. A job well done. Work for your company again on Thursday when Hags rejoins us, but I'll be back tomorrow from 5 here on Drive with uh, thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Thanks, boys.